Hello everyone, and welcome back to An Opera Ghost. So I know that two weeks ago when I did my London's first Black Christine episode, I said that the following episode, the following week, would be about Japan's 33rd anniversary. But, as it turned out last week, um, Broadway announced their reopening, so I wanted to do an episode last week about that, all of the productions that are reopening, to sort of put that into one episode. So... This week, we finally have the Japan anniversary episode. Um, so April 29th, 1988, the Japanese production opened in Tokyo. It was there until September 20th of 1988, and then it opened in Osaka in December of 1988. Um, and since then, it's continuously traveled all around Japan. It definitely reminds me of like a U.S. tour where they travel, you know, a U.S. tour, U.K. tour, where they travel, you know, continuously with, you know, you know, they'll play the show for a few months at a location, take a small break, then come back um, in another location. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's exclusively in Japan, sort of like a U.K. or U.S. tour is exclusively in that area. Um, so it's the third longest running production of Phantom, um, behind London and Broadway. And it was the first non-English production to open back in 1988. Um, and so I'm not going to try to pronounce the leads of the original cast because I don't want to just absolutely butcher their names. Um, but I will try to include the leads in the description of this. And I think if you go to like castalbums.com or .org, whatever it is, you can type in the Phantom of the Opera and the 1988 Japanese cast recording should come up under all of the different recordings that they've made of the show over the years. And it will list um, at least the principal cast, um, the original cast. Um, so one thing that I love about the Japanese production is that they are, you know, it's a very unique production. Um, you know, for example, the actors, um, you know, here, like, in the U.S., um, in a good deal of theater programs, um, you know, singing and acting are usually the two that are really enforced, and unless you are, you know, training to be a dancer in theater or ballet or opera or anything, you know, most actors, if they're doing musical theater, they're focused on the singing and the acting and maybe not as much dancing. Dancing classes are a little bit more, there's more wiggle room. It's a bit more optional. Um, but from what I've been told in the uh, Japanese musical theater program, um, you know, dancing is pushed just as much as singing and acting, which means that Really, everyone who's in Phantom, at least, you know, Christine, the Rowles, everything, are going to be trained dancers. So, therefore, you know, Rowell, um and Christine dance quite a bit more um, in Masquerade than they do in, you know, maybe on Broadway or something. Um, and Christine always does the entire dance in the Hannibal Ballet. Um, that's something that Sarah Brightman did originally, but, you know, a little ways into it, they said, well, we better tweak it because not everyone can, you know, it, not everyone that's going to play Christine is a trained dancer like Sarah was. Um, so, you know, they sort of tweak it and now Christine doesn't do as much dancing um, and she's not required to be able to dance on point or anything. Um, but in Japan, 
you know, they always dance on point. They always do. They do all the dancing. Um, so that's just, you know, it's nice to see. And this isn't to knock, you know, the Christines that don't go on point, that don't do as much dancing. They're just as amazing. But, you know, it's just nice to see, um, you know, something that was sort of done back in the old school days of Phantom still being done. Um, another thing that's interesting is that at least for the principal characters, they usually have around three people sharing the role. Um, so they'll have like three Phantoms, three Christines, three Rowls, three Megs, you know, three Andres, you know, so it, it's quite interesting that they sort of have that, they have three people for um, each character um, to sort of, for that rotation. I guess it is really nice in COVID um, because, you know, they can, you know, an uh, one cast can do a, a week of shows and then not come back maybe for like, you know, a, f a few weeks or something. So, you know, if one of them got sick with COVID, they'd have like the time to sort of, you know, rest and all that um, and not infect anyone. So I, I guess, um, excuse me, um, I guess that, you know, the three actors um, doing a rotation is beneficial in quite a few ways. Um, another thing, you know, with, um, another thing that I've been told is that, you know, the Japanese production, you know, if you want to find out, especially nowadays, if you want to find out information about the Japanese production, you usually have to go onto a specific website that is in Japanese. I noticed that the Japanese production, it tends to be, you know, its own sort of entity, you know, um, you know, unless you maybe speak Japanese so you can go onto the website or unless you're in Japan, you're probably not going to know every single thing that's going on with the production. Um, another thing that I think um, stems from the Japanese culture is that, um, you know, like when you buy a brochure in London or Broadway, wherever, wherever it is, and under the photo in the brochure, it'll say who the actors are. Well, in Japan, most of the time they don't label their photos. And I have been told that it's because they value the show and the art itself. So they don't want the show to be sort of revolving or defined by the actors starring in it. You know how like, you know, like when there's a casting announcement and we're all like, oh my God, and we're, and people are saying, oh, well, I'm going to go to the show just to see this person. In Japanese culture, I don't think that they really want that. They want it to be, you know, they want people to come to see the show and the art. They don't want people to come just so that they can see one specific person because then they might just not appreciate the show for itself. Um, another thing is they've always tended to have very simpler looking costumes. Um, very, very lovely overall. And the um, actors in the costumes always look very nice. But overall, you know, they're not as maybe blinged up you know like when I've seen the show on Broadway when Carlotta comes out after the overture that dress it sparkles on that stage whereas um in the Japanese production I've been told that you know there's a bit less you know sparkles on the costumes it's a bit more you know low-key and you know first of all that's not to say that they're bad you know sometimes being on the simpler side is a good thing um, but again, you know, I think that that's very reflective of their culture. You know, they want to, you know, showcase the show itself, the art of the show. You know, they don't need to rely on, 
you know, big flashy things, you know, the chandelier, you know, the boat and everything is enough spectacle on its own, which I, I do agree with, you know, and, you know, I've always been fascinated and love Japanese culture because, you know, I just think that, you know, they seem to value things maybe a bit more than like Americans do. <laughs> um, and another thing that's been great is that they have been one of the few productions to be able to run during the pandemic. Um, the production opened up again in October of 2020, and they've only needed to take uh, two short breaks due to the pandemic. And it wasn't because anyone in the cast got sick. It was because there were surrounding areas that had a, a slight increase in COVID cases. So they closed the show just out of precaution, um, which is something, you know, they do things much differently than here in America. You know, I wish that we would have taken a bit more advice from other countries. Um, but, you know, I think we're, I think we're going in a better direction now. Um, so that's good. But, um, you know, currently the Japanese production is in a two-week break. Um, they resume shows on May 11th. Um, and the two-week break, again, was um, just out of, you know, concern and precaution. No one in the cast or crew was actually sick, but in surrounding cities, there was a slight increase. So they just wanted to be careful. Um, but yeah, you know, the Japanese production has been, you know, one of those productions that's around all the time, but is very, you know, not very much talked about. Um, you know, last year it got a little bit of talk stemming from it because it was able to, one, perform during a pandemic, but also I remember there was an article about um, how they were actually directing it over Zoom, and the director was um, actually in New York, and he would be up at like 2 a.m. because in the, in Japanese time, it was, you know, during the day there, which is, you know, fascinating again to me, and you know, good for them that, you know, they were able to, that they've been able to, you know, sustain it, the production for so many years, and also that they were able to continue it during a pandemic. So, um, bit of a shorter episode, I guess, this week, only about 11, 10, 11 minutes. So yeah, I really congratulate um, the Japanese production, you know, not only being able to sustain themselves so many years, but especially during a pandemic. And, um, you know, I, I adore the Japanese production, you know, um, such talent from those actors, like, ah, chef's kiss. Uh, so thank you for listening. And, um, you know, it's been over a month now since I started my podcast and, you know, the support has been so, so amazing. Um, and, I thank you for all of that. Um, and also, another thing, um, I was actually featured for a little bit on um, another show. Um, another fan of the show has a radio show. It's called um, Behind the Mirror of Music. You can actually search it up on YouTube. I believe the episode is either on there or should already be on there. Um, and it is me talking about the new London cast. Um, so you can definitely 
check that out. I think it's also on Theaterland Radio. Might be on there, but if not, on YouTube. Um, So thank you so much for listening. I send you all my love as always.